Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to episode two with Josh Steinley. Previously, we discussed Josh's career in content writing. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the seven systems of influence that Josh developed and how they can help us gain influence with our ideal customers. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. Okay, let's move on to the seven systems of influence. Would you be willing to just start off by just introducing us to what the seven systems are, and then maybe you could go through them one at a time, explain the point, and maybe share an example or a story with each one of them if you could. Sure. So the seven systems are number one, vision, then genius zone, then audience, content, action, collaboration, and love is the seventh system. So, and, and before you go into them, yep. maybe you can explain why, why, what these are and why they're so important. Yeah. The seven systems is a framework, uh, a way of thinking, a way of organizing information in such a way to create influence and then leverage that influence to get what you want. So literally think of anything that you want. And the only way that you're going to get it is through influence. We have this saying, right? That knowledge is power, but knowledge is not power because you can know everything. I mean, I've read tons of business books. Didn't really do me any good just to read those books. Knowledge is not power because you can know everything and not be able to actually do anything. You need influence to actually make something happen. You have to influence yourself or you have to influence other people to take action. And so these seven systems of influence are the fundamental steps or the systems that you can use to create influence, leverage it, and maintain it. So system number one is vision. And this is the idea that anything that you're going to create or make happen, you have to imagine it first. You have to have a vision. You have to have an idea of what you want to accomplish. And that could be something as simple as, hey, I want to get my 10-year-old to take out the trash today. Well, that's a vision of something that you want to happen. Or it could be, I want to create a billion-dollar business over the next 10 years. That's a bigger, more involved vision, but those are both visions of something that you want to make happen. So no matter what it is, whether it's something small, something big, something in between, you're going to have a vision in your mind of what you want to make happen. And mapping out that vision and clarifying that vision is important because too many of us run around and we're reacting to a vision that we haven't clearly formulated. And we end up chasing visions that are not what we really want. If we really sat down and we thought about it, we might come up with a different vision of what we want for our future. And by sitting down and going through the right process, we can clarify that vision, make sure it's really what we want. And then we focus our time on making sure we end up where we want to get. So that's vision system number one. System number two is genius zone. So this is who are you? What are you good at? What is, what is your knowledge? What is your experience? What is it that makes you, you, that makes you special so that you can do something that nobody else can do? So for example, I grew up skateboarding and I ran a skate shop when I was a kid and I'm still 
connected in the industry somewhat. And I know people who run companies. And so I know a bit about skateboarding, but so do 20 million other people around the world. So if I thought skateboarding is my special thing, I'd have a hard road ahead of me because I'd be competing against everybody else out there who also knows a little bit about skateboarding. I also know a bit about marketing because I've run a marketing agency for 20 years. But if I took that by itself and I said, I'm going to be the marketing guy, that would really be tough too, because there are so many other people out there who know a lot about marketing. But if I overlap these two, what I call expert zones, one expert zone being skateboarding, the other expert zone being marketing, if I overlap these two and I say, who knows as much about marketing and skateboarding as I do? Well, now I'm in a very unique group because most skateboarders have not run a marketing agency. And most people who have run a marketing agency have never ridden a skateboard. So that makes me special. That makes me unique. And I could take that and say, this is going to be my genius zone. I'm going to focus on this overlap of marketing and skateboarding. And then I could go to Nike or Adidas and say, hey, I can help you sell a ton of shoes to skater kids because of this overlap that I have, this genius zone. And that's just a simple example of two, overlapping two areas, but you might overlap five different areas. You might include the language that you speak or somewhere that you lived or some other experience in your background. And when you start listing out all your expert zones and in the, then you start looking for connections and unique overlaps, you'll find things that you say, wow, that's really unique. I bet nobody else in the world even has that overlap. Now, all of us have lots of expert zones and we have lots of potential genius zones, but typically we have one genius zone that stands out to us and we look at and we say, that's where I want to focus my attention on for the rest of my life. That's something I can really be passionate about and that would allow me to serve and help other people in a way that nobody else can do. So I need to do that thing. So that's where, uh, that's how Genius Zone works. I love that. That's brilliant. Have you put this in a book? Have you created a book called The Seven Systems of Influence yet? It's in process. Yes. <laughs> I look forward to reading that book as soon as that comes out. I look forward to finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a work in process. Um, it, I keep getting sidetracked by other visions. That's my problem. Uh, so the third system is audience. Once you know what makes you special, you know what your genius zone is, then the question is, well, who cares? Like, who can I serve with this? Who wants my genius zone, the thing that I can do, my superpower? And so when I talk about audience, it's not, the question is not, who is anyone in the world who might care a little bit about my genius zone? The question is, who are the people who desperately need what I offer through my genius zone? Your love group. Yeah. So, uh, and typically for people, I'll ask this question. How many new clients would it take to totally change your life, change your business, change your life? How many customers, how many clients do you need? Now, if you're running a product company, then you might say, well, it's tens of thousands or millions or something like that. But for a lot of people who are doing consulting or coaching or something, the answer is like 10 or 20. And then I'll ask, okay, so how many potential clients do you have out in the world? Well, millions. Okay, so if there are millions of potential clients, but you only need 10 to totally change your life, why would you create 
content, marketing, and messaging that appeals to the million rather than to the 10 people that you would ideally love to work with. That, I mean, if you can pick and choose, and you can, because you said there are a million people out there and you only need 10 of them, that means you get to pick and choose. So who would you choose to work with on those 10? Who would be the ideal, ideal client? So for example, for me, I decided with my published author program, I want to work with entrepreneurs. I could go after a lot of people and I could help a lot of other people to write books, but I love working with entrepreneurs. And so I decided I'm going to narrow down and niche down and I'm going to work with entrepreneurs. And for other people, they have their own niche that when you really start digging down, people will say, well, yeah, I would rather work with somebody who's close to me versus somebody on the other side of the world, because I don't really want to have to travel all the time. I would prefer to just work with somebody around the corner and then I don't have to spend time in airports and all that stuff. So would you rather work with somebody who's close to you or far away? Would you rather work with somebody who speaks the same language you do, or do you want to have to go get a translator to work with that person? Would you rather work with somebody who has a lot of money or somebody who's always scrounging about trying to find money? When you start asking all these questions, people say, well, of course I want to work with somebody who has money and who will hire me for the long term and be a consistent client and that's easier to communicate with and somebody that I like and all this stuff. And then you say, well, when you create messaging and content, then this is who you should be going after are those people instead of just, hey, I do X, Y, Z for anybody and everybody. It's I do X, Y, Z, but I only do it for people who match these 10 criteria. And when you create messaging for that niche of an audience, then this magical thing happens because when those people see your messaging, they say, it's like they're in my head and they're speaking to me. And people feel that and they say, I have got to work with this person because they get me, they understand me. And that's how you end up working with the people that you love working with is by being very, very specific about who your ideal audience is. So that's system number three is figuring out your ideal audience. And then we go into system number four content, which is, okay, you've got your ideal audience. And if you can motivate these people to take a certain action, then they're going to help you make your vision into reality. Well, how are you going to motivate them to take that action? That's your content. If it's your 10-year-old that you're trying to get them to take out the trash, what content are you creating for that 10-year-old? And we often think of content as like a book or a website, or, but it's our words that we say. It's the example that we set. It's the chore chart that we put on the fridge to track tasks for our kids. I mean, all of this is content. And so if we're trying to influence our 10-year-old to take out the trash, okay, what's the content? Maybe it's just, hey, can you go take out the trash? Great. That's pretty easy. But if it's, I'm going to build a billion-dollar business over the next 10 years, then we have to think, okay, what's the content that I'm going to create to recruit my partners, to recruit clients? to get people to fund this? What content will I create for the venture capital firms that I'm going to be pitching to raise funding to get this off the ground? All of that's content. And a lot of times we just say, oh, well, you just do this and you do it this way. But we don't really think through what the right way is to come up with that messaging and that content to motivate those people to take the steps that they need to take. So content is number four. Number five is action, which is what's your plan to get this all done? If it's, if the content is a book, then the action question is, 
How are you going to get this book done? How are you going to write it? How are you going to get started? How are you going to finish? Are you going to write this book yourself? Or are you going to hire a ghostwriter to get it done? What's the plan? Everybody needs a plan to actually get to a destination. So system number five is action. System number six is collaboration, which is how can I work with other people to get a thousand times the influence that I have on my own? So one of my friends, you might know him too, Derek Anderson, he started a company called Startup Grind. And the way it started was he was in the Bay Area. He was an entrepreneur and he started doing I think he had actually lost his job or something. And he thought, you know what? I'm going to go interview successful entrepreneurs and just see what they have to say, see what their story is. And so he hosted a fireside chat. I think he posted something on meetup and he said, Hey, anybody join me. I'm going to go interview this person for an hour and just get their story about how they started their business. And so he hosted this meetup and 10 people showed up or something and then they said, hey, this was great. You should do another one of these. So he did another one and 20 people came. And then he did another one and more people showed up. And then somebody came along and said, hey, I loved that meetup that you did. Can I start hosting these two? And I'm going to do these in San Jose down the street. And so he said, yeah, sure. And so they came up with a name, Startup Grind, and they started hosting these fireside chats with successful entrepreneurs. And today... Startup Grind has like eight or 900 chapters around the world, and they've hosted millions of people at their local events. They have a huge annual event in the Bay Area, and Derek's been able to have outsized influence on millions of people, but if he had tried to do this by himself, he'd still be hosting fireside chats with 50 or 60 people in the Bay Area right now, and that yeah. would be it. That would be the extent of his influence. But because he reached out and he said, you know what, I'm going to bring in other people. I'm going to have other people become chapter directors and I'm going to build a company around this and, and I'm going to see who else is interested in this. Because he collaborated with other people, he's been able to influence literally millions of people that way. So when we talk about collaboration, it's who can I work with, who has the same audience or who has... Uh, like they might have the same audience that I do, but they're selling something else, but who, how can I find somebody that wants to connect with the same audience that I want to connect with? And we can help each other out and collaborate in a way that we both end up with more influence. So collaboration allows us to spread our influence a lot further than we could otherwise. And then the final system, which is my favorite is love. And this was tough for me because when I was coming up with the framework for the seven systems, I didn't know there were seven. I didn't know if there were five or six or seven or 12. I was just trying to figure out this thing. I was researching influence. I was trying to get into the science of it. And so I was coming up with these different systems and I had gotten through the first six and I knew something was missing. I didn't know if it was a few things that were missing, but I just knew something was missing. I was like, there's something more here that is kind of a big deal, but I don't know what to call it. And I was like, mindset or attitude or something about it. And finally, when the word love came along, I realized that's it. It's love. And I was just avoiding that word because it doesn't sound like a business yeah. word. Yeah. Uh, when I came on love and really where this came from was a discussion I had with my business partner at MWI, my agency, and we were talking about parenting and he said, 
we're, we're talking about good parents and bad parents and uh, things our parents had done right and things our par- parents had done wrong. And he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know, if you know that your parent loves you, it really makes up for a lot of other mistakes that they make because you know their heart's in the right place. Yep. I th- yeah, there's something powerful there that we are willing to forgive all sorts of stuff from all sorts of people if their heart's in the right place. I mean, you look at politicians. I mean, this is how politicians get away with everything they do is that people say, well, yeah, I mean, sure, they messed up the economy and killed a bunch of people, but they meant well. They were trying to help people out. I mean, we let people do crazy things if they have good intentions. And love is all about goodwill. It's about good intent. And so love is also passion and excitement and really being into the thing that you're doing. But what it really comes down to is goodwill. If people feel like you are trying to help them because you really want to help them, then you can get almost everything else wrong in the systems of influence and you will still have influence. But if you get everything else right, the vision, the genius zone, the audience, the content, you can do everything else right. And if there's no love, people will just ignore it. And then you have no influence. That is so true. Those are the seven systems of influence. And the reason they're called systems versus methods or formulas or steps or anything is because these aren't something that you do in chronological order where you do it one to seven and then you get to seven and you're done. These are systems more like how a car has systems. You've got your propulsion system. You've got your steering system. You've got your navigation system. When they're all working and running at the same time together, then you can move from point A to point B. But if one of those systems is not working well, it can throw everything into reverse. Well, you really need to write this book. The book that you wrote, the the Chief Marketing Officers at Work book, what is your favorite story in the book that from that book that we could share that maybe could help get people interested in that book? Uh, um, well, one of my favorite interviews with, was with uh, Seth Farbman, who is the CMO of Spotify, who's the CMO for Gap before that. Anyway, he's he's been a huge marketer for a long time. And we were talking about data in marketing and how important data is to making marketing decisions, which isn't the way that it used to be, right? I mean, you watch... Mad Men and stuff. And it's like all shooting from the hip and just this guy's great at marketing because he can guess what people want to hear and stuff. That's not the way marketing works anymore. It's so data-driven. And he was showing how spotting trends in the data can lead to product development and new ideas. And one of the things I thought, stories that he told that I just have found fascinating was he said that they were looking at Spotify user data And there was this group of people who were listening to Spotify consistently for like seven or eight hours with no interaction. They weren't changing anything. They weren't skipping. They weren't doing anything for like seven, eight hours at a time. And he said, you know what? Like these people really seem passionate about using Spotify, but like, what are they doing with it for these seven or eight hours that there's like zero interaction with it? Well, what they realized was these people are sleeping with music on. And so being able to look at that data and then understand what the data meant allowed Spotify to say, let's set up a bunch of playlists for people to sleep to music, to sleep to type things. So they 
put out a bunch of playlists and ideas for people. Like here's the music that you can use to sleep to. And that allowed them to further entrench themselves with that user group. So I just thought that is such an interesting thing that they came up with by looking at the data, but then allowed them to do marketing that further connected them to their users. Love it. Great story. Thank you for sharing. So if people enjoyed this interview and they want to connect with you or your business, what are the best ways to do that? My personal website is joshsteimley.com, but nobody knows how to spell Steimley. So you can go over to publishedauthor.com and it's a little bit easier to remember that and type it in. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing your seven systems of influence with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, it is important to visualize our goals so we have clear direction and can increase our chance of achieving our goals. Number two, we can combine our expert zones to create a genius zone, which becomes a unique skill set for us. Number three, we must think about who our ideal audience is to create content marketing and messaging that will appeal specifically to them. Number four, if we're trying to build a billion dollar business over the next 10 years, then we have to think about what content we are going to create that will help us do so. Number five, in order to achieve our goals, we need to have a plan of action. Number six, we can collaborate with others to gain even more influence. Number seven, without love, the other systems of influence won't help us. We have to care about our audience and our business. Number eight, use systems together to achieve our goals. Number nine, spotting trends from data can lead to product development and new ideas. If you enjoyed this interview and want to connect with Josh, you can find him at joshsteimley.com or on LinkedIn. We'll include links to both of these pages on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment of your business or subscribe to the monetization e-magazine for free at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation podcast or YouTube channel. And number three, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. What do you think of these seven systems of influence? Have you used any of these systems to help you gain influence? Uh, please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I wish you success in achieving your monetization goals. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.